listening to Homeschool for One. You can teach an only child at home. Join us as we discuss the unique parts of this homeschooling journey. Homeschool for One is sponsored by Letters from Afar. Letters from Afar are for adventure lovers of all ages to learn about the world in a fun, old-fashioned way. Ignite a sense of wonderlust in your child by signing them up to receive a monthly letter from an explorer who's traveling the globe. For more information, go to www.lettersafar.com. Take a step back in time and bring a spark of adventure right to your mailbox. So episode six was supposed to be about the topic of fertility. Pamela and I recorded a conversation about fertility as it relates to parents of only children. It's a difficult topic, and there are lots of different perspectives on the subject. Honestly, after the conversation, we were both mentally exhausted and nothing felt just right. Needless to say, this episode did not come together, so we'll revisit the topic later sometime this year. In the meantime, we need your input. We're preparing for an interview with Dr. Susan Newman. She's a social psychologist who specializes in parenting an only child. Currently, we are reading her books. Pamela is reading The Case for the Only Child, and I am reading Parenting an Only Child. We will create our questions from those readings. Now, Dr. Newman has told us that she doesn't have homeschool experience, so we want to keep our questions aimed at parenting an only child. If you could talk to Dr. Newman, what would you ask her? We want your questions. So please email your questions to info at homeschoolforone.com by July 15th. This is episode six. We're going to open our can of curriculum worms again and talk about math curriculums. And between us, we have about seven different resources that we have used throughout the years. And we'll just talk about each one of them and what they require and what worked and what didn't for us. Pamela, where did you start with your math curriculum? Which one did you start with? We started with Math Mammoth. It was good. We liked it. But then I was given MyCon and um, Life of Fred. It looked more fun. And it was more fun. Mm. And um, she did really well with both of those together, but the MyCon only goes up to grade two, I believe. Now, hold on. You said you were using, are we using three different curriculums at once? No, no. Like, <laughs> curriculum burnout. No, no, no. <laughs> we stopped the math mammoth. Okay. And we, <laughs> we stopped the math mammoth and we went on with MyCon and Life of Fred. And that worked really well. I was disappointed because MyCon stopped in grade two. It was working so well, but we were done. And then I found Right Start for really cheap. Somebody was selling Right Start, and so uh-huh. I thought, hmm, okay, well, it's cheap, and we'll see how she does with it. You started with Math Mammoth, and is that a spiral curriculum or a systematic curriculum of math? It's some spiral and some mastery. The four operations are spiral. A lot of the other concepts are mastery. Oh, really? Okay. I had heard that Math Mammoth was a mixture between Singapore and Math UC, which was odd to me. Math UC, I don't have any experience with. In Singapore, I don't either, but I have looked at the Singapore curriculum and they are very similar. 
what worked in the math mammoth? It was just you do two pages a day and you're done and you do another two pages the next day and then you keep doing that until you're finished the book. Oh, like a two-page front and back? So that's four pages? No, no, just two. One page front and back. Okay, just one page front and back. Okay, <laughs> You know, it covered everything that needs to be covered. I wasn't worried if she missed anything. What made you switch? Or you said somebody gave you Micon. Mm-hmm. And Micon is spelled M-I-Q-U-O-N. I really liked it because it introduced a lot of what would have been considered advanced topics at a younger age. So fractions and multiplication and division right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And, and she was ready for all of that. She did really well with it, and we liked it. But it stopped at grade two, which was kind of disappointing. And you said that it used Cuisinier rods. Did Math Mammoth use any manipulatives? Like, did they have any specific ones? Math Mammoth, well, they have, um, so in the in the front of each chapter, mm-hmm. she has a list of websites that have games that will reinforce the topics. And then manipulatives, I feel, came naturally for us. Mm-hmm. So we used them without even being told to use them. A lot of it was on the page already. Math Mammoth, how far does that go up? It starts at... It goes from grade one to grade seven but grade seven is pre-algebra so that if you wanted to introduce algebra in grade eight that it wouldn't be an issue or if you wanted to extend the pre-algebra a bit it would be fine too it depends because different people have different things they want to do with math yeah, not, yeah, exactly. And, so, and everybody understands math a little bit differently. My homeschool community here is pretty divided on their math curriculums because there's a huge Singapore math community and they love the spiraling techniques. And we have a, a homeschooling family within our area that the mother just excels in it and she can get kids to understand it. It scrambles my brain personally, but so I, I need something more systematic to teach but from my con what worked and what didn't it was a long time ago I just remember liking it and it working I wouldn't say nothing didn't really work a long time ago the brain cells have seeped out <laughs> the liquids <Yeah>. coming out <laughs> well so. she's nearly 11 and that was when she was like six and seven oh. so. so my con uses Cuisinier rods, math mammoth, everything's included within, and she tells you what you need. And then you said you saw a right start on sale, or somebody was selling it? it. Yeah, somebody had it used. Okay. So I thought I'd give it a shot, and it was not for us. Not at all. Why? It was just very repetitive. So many manipulatives that you can't keep track of anything. It was too busy. At least that's my experience. She would learn a topic and then she would want to move on. She didn't want to play the games. She just wanted to get a math lesson done and do it and move on. And she hated it. It was, we're doing this again. And with Right Start, it was just like pounding the same thing over and over and over again. And it wasn't for us. Okay. And I think that she understood math well enough that she didn't need all that stuff. Math is one of those things that I feel like she is excelling in, Mm -hmm. in spite of what I've done, because we've switched so many times. Mm -hmm. I feel like math is one of those things that should be consistent, and Mm -hmm. I've kind of 
not been consistent in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet she's somehow right where she should be. That's pretty cool. I like that. And then you're now settled into Life of Fred. Yeah. So tell me about Life of Fred, because I've seen it and I've kind of flipped through it, but don't really get the concept of it. So tell me about it. Well, Fred is a five-year-old professor at Kittens University, and he teaches math at Kittens University. And so he's a very bright five-year-old, but very naive. So he lives by himself in his office with his doll and... (laughs) Okay, I can see where you could start with this and it would appeal. Does it still appeal to an 11-year-old? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the story progresses. Uh And they're starting with addition and then subtraction and then multiplication and division. And then he moves on. And as he moves on, the story progresses. The story evolves into something that's a bit more mature i mean not mature in a bad way just like at one point in the story he's still five years old i don't even know if he ever has a birthday maybe he does and he turns six i'm not we haven't gotten there yet (laughs) Um, (laughs) he's still five after all these years it's like charlie brown (laughs) but even even the author says you know no don't start fractions until grade five or the child is 10, because the story goes into a bit more detail. Mm. In the younger grades, it's it's a lot more cute. I mean, it's still a fun story. So he goes through life, and different math problems come up. Life of Fred, is it more, it's, it's story math? Yeah, so... And are there worksheets, or what? No, well, he talks about going down the hallway, and there's five vending machines on one side, and two on the other, so there's seven vending machines. I think I could be wrong. It talks about five plus two that way. And then I'm trying to think some of the younger stuff. And then he goes, he gets ripped off a lot. <laughs> Does this Canal Street in New York City? <laughs> um, Fred he's just very trusting of everybody. And so then there's a lesson in that, you know, like he got sold a dead goldfish. It goes through different scenarios. At the end of each chapter, there's a your turn to play. And there's generally between five and 10 questions, not usually more than 10. It goes through the concept and then you move on to the next chapter. How long do you take on a chapter? So we can take a day. Really? There's only 19 chapters in each book. So he he recommends to do the elementary series twice. So it's alphabetical. Mm -hmm. So it goes through apples to mineshaft. And so you would do apples, butterflies, and cats. And then do apples, butterflies, and cats again. And then move to dogs. And then do dogs, Edgewood. We really like it a lot. And it's also something that my husband can pick up and read and do with her as well Uh, he could do any kind of math with her in any workbook but you know there's some things where you can't necessarily give somebody else to do and just expect them to do it properly with Mm -hmm. this you know you just read chapter four and do the problems and that's it now the other thing he does that I really like is that he again introduces advanced math topics he doesn't necessarily make make them a part of the questions at the end, but he introduces the topic so that they become familiar with it. 
That sounds really neat. I've always heard about it, but I've never really heard what was happening in the book. To And when I flipped through it, I didn't dig in well enough. It just looked like a chapter book to me. Well, that's pretty cool. So right now you're continuing with Life of Fred. And are you continuing with Math Mammoth or are you dropping that? For grade six, I'm going to drop Math Mammoth and probably go back to it, though, because I want to do some things that I that I've seen that are a bit more fun before so we're going to do life of fred and the the business math from simply charlotte mason mm-hmm. and then when we're done that i have a curriculum to do notebooking with the circumference books which then covers geometry you know for someone who doesn't have a plan written down you got a lot going on in your head for that plan <laughs> yes i know <laughs> i'm like what that that sounds like a plan that sounds like a honestly i do I do have a plan. It's just not written down. And Yeah, and the Simply Charlotte Mason, that business series looks really intriguing. And as we talked we talked earlier about, or last night, we talked about it. It would work well for the upper grades, even though it starts at 8. And yes, I'm on, when I looked at it online, I looked at sample lessons. I thought, oh, I'm going to be doing half of that stuff. And then here comes your message. I think if we'd have started at eight, I would have been doing most of it. And I was like, okay, fine. We're, <laughs> we feel the same way. So yeah, yes, I'll, so I'll wait on that. I feel like now that she's going to be 11 doing it, I think it's the perfect age because she yeah. can do it all because you have to fill in the invoices and fill in the checks yeah. and fill that stuff yeah. in. And I just don't think that at eight, she would have maybe understood it, but. Mm-hmm. I think it's a rare eight-year-old that would be able to do it on their own. And I feel like at 11, she should be able to do most of it on her own with, mm-hmm. you know, some help from me. So what do you do for math? I use math, you see. And do you like it? I like it. But I'm starting to wonder if it's actually working for my child. She's got that artistic, creative brain. And I just really wonder if if it's the best. Math, you see, is extremely systematic and I love it. We're three years into it. We went through primer and alpha and now we're in beta. Well, I I pronounce it primer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Primer has to do with paint. A primer. Yeah, but primer is getting ready for the next. You're right. You're right. I, I I just call it. You can pronounce it however you like. Oh, good. Because the process of a primer. (laughs) Kill me now. (laughs) We're into the third level. Steve Demi is the author of Matthew C. Curriculum, and he uses the Greek alphabet. So each level is a a letter of the Greek alphabet up to, I guess, algebra. And he goes all the way to calculus. I have friends that have sent all five of their children all the way through Matthew C. You know, they've stayed with it and it works. I think that a lot of curriculum works to get your child to university level math. It's finding the right one that works for you and your child. I think you are correct. Uh, Matthew C. is a systematic math curriculum not spiraled and he does introduce new concepts 
at least five chapters ahead of when he's going to actually say this is how it's done. There's some introductory things. It is pages and pages of math. There are basically seven pages per lesson and then a test. And there's not a test at the first level. You can test in beginning in alpha. And you don't have to test if you don't want to. And how many lessons are generally in a level? 30 lessons per level. In beta, if it were graded, it would be the second grade math. Every few chapters, I don't know if it's four or five, there's a unit test to review all the concepts. And for those seven pages for math, the way I divide it out, I I used to go chapter 19A, chapter 19B, chapter 19C, and then DEF, and then G, and then test. But I stopped doing that because the first three pages of the lesson were just practicing the new concept. And I wanted her to review old concepts along the way. So I started doing like the first and the fourth page on the same day. And then the second and the fifth page on the same day. So that there was new practice and review all in one. That gives her two front and back pages of math per day. How many questions is that? You know, not more than like 15 or 16. Yeah, it's not bad. For her, it's like nails on a chalkboard though. I like it. I like the way it teaches it. And she understands it more than she readily admits. Because I can watch her solving a problem on paper. I can watch her mentally solving it. But then she'll question herself before she writes. She'll get the right answer and then question herself before she writes it down. Or say, I can't do it. So we have just a mentality of, I can't do it. And I just keep saying, you can't do it yet. The holdup right now that we're having is just rounding numbers you know, rounding to the tens, rounding to the hundreds, to the thousands, to the ten thousands. She hates it. It's an annoying concept. It is an annoying concept. It has to be done, but it's an annoying concept. I've been trying to find ways to enhance that. She did not love doing math facts and subtraction facts practice, but she knows them. I didn't like hammer that home because I felt like she was getting enough just through daily worksheet practice. I I thought it was enough and it has been. I have questioned here in the last six months whether I need to find a new curriculum for math or not I want to stick it through to the end of beta and finish it because we're on like chapter 19 so we're 10 lessons out from finishing I just buy the student workbook and the test booklet printed and then I I purchased the digital pack you can purchase the hard copy teacher's manual with a DVD but I don't use DVDs anymore so I do the digital pack and I log on to Demi Learning on Mondays and she watches a short less than four minute video sometimes just two maybe three minutes he explains the concept and then she does the work and that's about it it's pretty dry honestly but it's math math doesn't have to be dry though we like math around here she needs a little fred in her life i think so <laughs> i think she may need some fred i'm, I'm like oh i don't think that fred thing would be interesting right now she's doing multi-digit addition she's adding a, a three-digit number and she can stack like three or four on top of one another that's and we're getting ready to do multi-digit subtraction i feel like she's learning everything she needs to learn i've supplemented quite a bit here in this last year with math just to make it a little bit more interesting and get math practice in different ways she has like apps on her electronic devices that do math and she enjoys that i also use slash math which is a monthly subscription and she goes online as part of her day and she does just one little level and it's just basic math facts practice. 
So we've talked about also that we both use Teachers Pay Teachers. Now, you use Teachers Pay Teachers for social studies and science. Is that what you said? Yes. However, I have been looking at some of the Teachers Pay Teachers math stuff, kind of the whodunits and the escape rooms for math. And so I'm thinking that I may use a few of those this year as well. Teachers Pay Teachers, if listeners don't know about that by now. When I was first introduced to Teachers Pay Teachers, I was told everything was free, and then I discovered it was not and so I didn't purchase anything on there and that was when I was still teaching in the classroom now that I'm homeschooling I do find a lot of things on there that I enjoy supplementing to reinforce concept I think I've used it for every subject under the sun that we study science social studies math English. I like it because you can pick and choose and you can pick your price. Sometimes the same material is done by a different author, but the price is lower. I can choose how I want it to look based on what's offered. So that's our curriculum conversation, right? There's not much to it. I mean, it's just discussing the curriculums that we use. Trying to get my daughter's attention. Hey, did you hear me? Oh, sorry, mom. I was just thinking about my future. To which I replied, Oh, really? What were you thinking? And she answered, It's too amazing to tell you. But don't worry. It's all good. I'm looking forward to that future little one. And that's the only funny for today. The Homeschool for One podcast music is brought to you by The Word in Worship. If you're listening today, then they have a special gift for you. For their most recent album, You're Not Through With Me Yet, the Martins have created a four-week video devotion series to help you journey deeper into the scriptures behind the title song. If you're feeling frustrated or discouraged in your spiritual walk and need some encouragement that God is at work in you to bear fruit in every season of your life, you're going to want to listen to the Word in Worship. For being a part of this podcast, you can get the devotion for free by visiting their website www.thewordinworship.com simply navigate by clicking our devotions and use the code homeschool to get free access thanks for listening to our moms my mom's pamela my mom's cecile thank you girls We want to thank you all for listening to our podcast. We have listeners all over the globe. The United States, Canada, Australia, Ireland, United Kingdom, and India. How cool is that? In five weeks' time, we have exceeded our own expectations of this podcast journey. Thank you for being part of our lives. We hope you feel encouraged and inspired to go forward in this journey of homeschooling an only child, no matter what your situation. Are you following Homeschool for One on social media? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and all major podcast platforms. You've been listening to Homeschool for One. You can teach an only child at home. We hope that you feel encouraged after today's podcast. Join us next week as we discuss our favorite books. And if you have questions, reflections, or feedback, please email us info at homeschoolforone.com. You can find us on social media or go to our website, homeschoolforone.com, to find a transcription of today's episode. Finally, we want you to know that you matter and you are loved.